If we're being real, we got a bunch of great topics today. I can't wait to get into them. With that being said, let's go. All right. I know you necessarily haven't been paying attention a whole lot to ESPN lately, but I want to get your opinion. What do you think about what's going on with Lamar Jackson? Man, we've talked about this before. It's literally another case of athletes wanting too much money. And if you watch ESPN, they've been talking a lot about, oh, well, it's guaranteed money. That's the issue. Oh, this, oh, that. I think it's extremely weird what's going on. But I do think a lot of it has to do with NFL owners just not wanting to do guaranteed money, especially for the amount that he is looking for. I think it also comes down to it is risky to pay a running quarterback. The risk of injury goes up significantly. And it's funny because you hear on ESPN a lot that, oh, you shouldn't be taking that into consideration. But at the end of the day, these owners are business people. They look to make smart decisions. And while, yes, it doesn't always necessarily work all the time, it is fairly risky to pay a guy who's been injured the past two years that much guaranteed money. It's funny about this because it's almost like in the NFL, if you talk about an injury-prone guy, it's like off limits. You don't talk about that. Like, Don't talk about Lamar and his injuries. Don't talk about the fact that he's at higher risk for being injured when running. I mean, take the NBA. Every single person talks about injury risk players, how AD is injury prone, so he's not going to be good on the team, how Zion is too heavy and too injury prone, so people shouldn't give him a bunch of money. Why is it okay to talk about this in the NBA, but not the NFL, which the NFL is much higher rate of injury? And on top of that, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, he got injured in the pocket, but a lot of the pocket quarterbacks are just going to go down. The injury he received last year was potentially due to him trying to escape the pocket when a lot of the pocket quarterbacks like Tom Brady would just go down because he knows there's nothing he can do about it. Well, yes, you do want players that can get out, can get away from those from time to time. Doing it in a regular season game isn't necessarily the place you should be doing it. Just take the sack in that scenario, move on to the next play. It's not worth potentially getting injured, which again, Lamar Jackson is at a higher risk of having that because he's always trying to escape. He's always trying to make a good play. And that is what makes him good. But that also is a reason why he's more has a more injury risk possibility and why I think owners are less likely to want to give him guaranteed money. Hey, I'm a huge fan of a running quarterback. I love that aspect of they're trying to get out of each situation. They want to make the best play possible. It doesn't always work out so well. But at 100%, there's no denying that it leads to more injuries. You have a higher risk, so you shouldn't get guaranteed money. So even though I'm a huge fan of that situation, I completely see owner sides of things being like, that's a little bit too risky for me. And if you think about it, it's not just the running quarterbacks that they don't want to give that money to. They don't want to give guaranteed money to any player unless it's for a lot less. The NFL owners, again, are business people. They don't want to start giving out guaranteed money They don't want to have the same thing going on with the NBA where they're getting so much guaranteed money that they have so much power and now they can do whatever they want. They still want to have some control over the team, some control over what's going on. They don't want the players having too much power. And if you start giving players that much guaranteed money, that's exactly what's going to happen. And especially in the NFL where the owners are making so much money Yeah, they're not going to want to change what's been working for years and years and start giving out fully guaranteed money for a lot, a lot of money. Can you imagine if the NFL becomes like baseball and throws around 300 plus, 400 plus million dollar contracts of guaranteed money 
in the 10 to 12 year range. Can you imagine the risk of injury? Because every play in the NFL has 10,000 times more risk of injury than in the MLB. And I know that that's only going to the top end quarterbacks. Well, not necessarily all top end, but to the quarterbacks. But once you start dishing out that kind of money to the quarterbacks, then the next slot of people are going to be wanting that. The receivers, they're going to be asking for a lot of money. And then when you get to the bottom end of the roster, those guys are going to have no money left for them. So we just talked about why injury is a concern for why teams are not necessarily gung-ho going after Lamar Jackson, especially if he's wanting that guaranteed money. You also have to consider, is he good enough to be able to lead your team? Look, I think Lamar Jackson is a great player, but there is something to be said about what's been going on in the playoffs. I want you to take a guess at what his career playoff record is. I know he only has one win, Was so is it like one in three or four? Very close. He is one in three. Now, you're going to say, well, that doesn't all necessarily lay on Lamar Jackson, but it does have something to do with Lamar Jackson. If you go and you look at what he did in those games, he has four total touchdowns and seven turnovers. His passer rating in the playoffs is 28.4 points lower than it is during the regular season. Now, to put that into perspective, that is the fifth largest drop-off in NFL history. So again, the team losing is not all on Lamar Jackson, but his performance has significantly decreased when he goes into the playoffs. Now look, I don't necessarily want to say that Lamar Jackson isn't good enough, but he is getting a track record of having bad performances in the playoffs, and that sticks with a guy. Just ask James Harden and Rudy Gobert. Playoff performances are what separate the good players from the great players. You can't deny that even a good regular season isn't as impressive as a great postseason. With that being said, let's get on to another quarterback real quick, Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I think the Jets should have some reason for concern, especially the fans. I want you to take a guess at how many playoff wins Aaron Rodgers has. Hmm, I would say probably in the neighborhood of like north of 15, so I'd probably say like 18 maybe. Well, you would be very much so wrong. He is 11-10 and 10 as a starter in the postseason. Only 11 wins. Is it really that low? I mean, that's like Brady's chance of actually making a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's record is absolutely insane. Tom Brady's off the charts with how many wins he has in the playoffs. Very few franchises probably even have that many wins. I know he has more Super Bowls than any team in the history of the NFL. So... Again, we shouldn't be comparing him to Tom Brady, but is Aaron Rodgers actually all that good? The NFC for his career has not had the murderer's row of teams like the AFC has had. The AFC had Tom Brady. The AFC had Peyton Manning. Historically, the NFC hasn't been that good. And the AFC is a heck of a lot harder in this year and the years to come than the NFC is. And with that being said, he only has 11 wins when he was in the NFC. So what makes you think he's going to be doing that well in the AFC? And also, I don't think he's even in the league of some of the other quarterbacks. For example, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes hasn't been in the league anywhere near as much as Aaron Rodgers has. And I want you to take a guess at how many wins Patrick Mahomes has in the playoffs. I heard something about this the other day. Doesn't he have like 10 or 11? Yep, he has 11 wins. Now again, the Chiefs could have had better teams than the Packers, but the Packers have always been having great teams with Aaron Rodgers. They've always been one of the top seeds in the NFC, one of the teams to beat in the NFC. 
So for him to have the exact same amount of playoff wins as Patrick Mahomes does when he's only been to the playoffs five times, come on, if we're being real, we got to hold back a little bit on how great Aaron Rodgers is. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as people say he is all the time. And I do think that the Jets have to have some cause for concern going forward, especially with him being near 40 years old. Opening day is here. The Yankees are off to a hot start already. Judge got the first home run for anybody. Cole set a Yankees record for opening day, striking out 11 across six scoreless innings, and the Yankees ended up winning 5-0. They are off to a phenomenal start. Cannot wait to see it implode on them later this season. They're turning into the Dallas Cowboys of the MLB. Listen, I always think the Yankees have a talented team, and they repeatedly disappoint everybody year after year. This shows great sign. Judge is a phenomenal hitter. Can't wait to see him perform this year. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. Cole, maybe he's going to come back to the old Cole that he was in Houston. I also don't see that coming down the stretch. I would put my money on Judge having a better season than Cole. But in the scheme of things, the Yankees as a team usually disappoint. We'll see what happens. And if we're being real, let's just wait until they get an away game and they have to pay for Wi-Fi. Then we'll see how well the players are going to be performing after that. That's fair, and it also was against the San Francisco Giants, so enough said. <laughs> Dude, I have a hilarious stat for you to hear. So Derek Jeter has more postseason hits than the entire Rockies organization. He has 200 of them, and the Rockies only have 199. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, they got to the World Series and lost to the Red Sox. But that year alone, they had tons of at-bats, and I'm honestly very surprised that they don't have more playoff hits than Derek Jeter. With that being said, that just shows you how good Derek Jeter was when he was playing, and also how good the Yankees were. Yeah, I mean, in their World Series run alone, they had to have, what, 400-plus at-bats? More, probably like 600 at-bats? The fact that they hadn't put up in their entire postseason run 200 hits, that's kind of sad, honestly. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, you would think they would have more than that, but I mean, obviously they don't. So it's pretty interesting that they don't, but I'm pretty sure they will in the near future. I don't know about that one, but uh, Rockies fans, you can hold out hope. The Astros finished up their spring training really strong. They beat the Cardinals 24 to 1. I know it's spring training. I know there was only like one actual Cardinal player playing. The rest were minor leaguers, but still 24 to 1. Come on, guys. With that being said, are the Astros going to win the World Series? We'll sure find out. They seem to always be in the running. But if we're being real, we got to take a lot less of what happens in the preseason in all sports, NBA, NFL, and saying that's going to translate to the regular season. Again, the Cardinals had, what, like one actual player playing. They shouldn't have gotten blown out by that much, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything for the Cardinals season or the Astros. I agree. One of those just funny things to look at. Sorry, Phillies fans. I know you're already disappointed with Harper being out. Unfortunately, he just lost Hoskins to torn ACL, needs surgery. The Phillies' future is looking pretty rough. I had them in the top five for most pressure going into the regular season. It looks like a lot of that pressure just was alleviated because their team cannot stay healthy right now. You know, it's really disappointing that this is happening. This is just a larger issue going on in all sports. What is with all of the injuries? I don't understand it. I don't like it. Something weird's going on where the players are nowhere near as durable as they used to be. And hopefully we can figure it out because it's getting very disappointing seeing all the injuries in all the sports. 
All right, I got a question for you. Who do you think is the Reds' fourth highest paid player in 2023? I'll give you a hint. The payment for this year is $3.59 million. All right, well, it's probably not Votto or Myers. They're too good. Um... I don't think it's Jose either. Uh, I don't know, let's go. Uh, I like this name, so let's go. Nick Lodolo. <laughs> <laughs> Was that really your guess? Keep guessing. Fair. I just wanted to say that name. Is it? Uh, is it Mister India or Mister Hunter? It's a weird team. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is not. You give up. I'm still holding out hope. It's Mister Lodolo. <laughs> No, I think you're looking too close into the present because the Reds' fourth highest player this year is Ken Griffey Jr. Man, I had money on Lodolo. Ken Griffey Jr. signed the contract in the year 2000 and is still receiving deferred payments from the Reds. And this year, it's $3.59 million. That's a pretty sweet deal, not going to lie. I also definitely did not anticipate that. You got me there. Not too bad from a man who retired in 2010. Not too bad. I'd take that deal any day. You'd take five bucks in the churro. I mean, I guess that would be pretty nice, but not for a yearly salary. Come on. <laughs> it's more than we make doing this. Dang, shots fired. Well, if we're being real, criticism does go both ways. All right, that's all for today. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. Tell us what you think down below. Until next time, keep it real.